This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, we're going to re-release one of our favorite episodes, which is all about tenants. So this is episode 137 from last year. um, And we thought it was quite relevant to reissue this particular episode because it's a question we get asked a lot. um, And one of the I guess one of the deciding factors and something that puts a lot of people off managing HMOs and managing properties in general is how to deal with the tenants. Um, So I'm not going to lie, managing tenants can be problematic, it can be difficult, uh, but there are also quite um, a lot of really good tenants out there, but uh, the majority of them are actually very easy to manage. just takes the occasional one or two here and there (laughs) that cause problems. Um, We obviously would recommend using management agents rather than having to do it yourself. Uh, But if you do decide you want to manage your own portfolio and you want to manage your own tenants, then definitely have a little listen to this podcast, uh, this episode rather, because uh, we'll tell you some of the horror stories about what has happened to us, uh, the tenants that we've had to deal with. Uh, So yeah, really love to hear your stories as well. So if you want to share your tenant stories with us, Anything that has gone mad, anything that has gone really well, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. We want to hear from you guys. So let us know what you think and hope you really enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And today we've got a juicy topic and it's my favourite because we're talking about tenants and all the bad stuff. Yeah, well, we we talk about this um, on a semi-regular basis, don't we? Hmm. Have we had one or two tenant stories episodes so far? Yeah, no, one. Yeah, we had one specific about tenant story, but then we've had the management agents come on, which inevitably leads to tenant stories. Correct. Um, But again, there have been some some murmurings in the the portfolios, um, which have led to some new stories coming to light. (laughs) Um, And I think it's always great for us to share these things because those of us who are landlords and our listeners who are landlords will probably appreciate some of this um and just a caveat this is the minority um of the portfolio um because we could talk about the rest of the portfolio which is really dull and boring and everyone pays the rent on time and they have a really good time but um that wouldn't make good listening would it now so boring so boring when <laughs> things are going well <laughs> yes indeed joe do you have any tent stories well i've only i've got a tenant update so this morning I've got, I've got an update so i got um an email from one of my letting agents uh, saying that uh, one of my very first tenants um, who moved into my first ever buy to let in 2015, um, she's got loved up and she's moving in with her boyfriend. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's cute. I mean, it's a bit frustrating because obviously, you know, turnover of tenant, you know, it's always a bit annoying. However, silver lining is I've not put the rent up on this particular tenant because she's just so great. You know, it's her and her daughter, single mom, um, hardworking nurse. And, 
I just thought, I don't know, I just, I've just kind of kept it the same, but it's going up from four, hang on, what's it going up from four, eight, five. Let's guess, let's guess. Oh, okay, um, yeah, in Grimsby, it's Grimsby, so, and it's yeah, a, it's a three five. bedroom um, end of terrace. Four, eight, five, how long has the tenant been in, sorry? Since uh, back end of, no, early 2016, she moved in. So it was four, eight, five in 2016. Mm. I, I would say you'd be, you go on, you go. I was thinking you'd be uh, five nine five. Oh, close. I was going to say five seven five. You're on the money. Yeah, well done. Five seven five, spot on. Yeah. So actually, when I googled it, or, or like you know, looked at right move and prime location, yeah. I googled <laughs> what rent should I charge in Grimsby, <laughs> and Google Great came back and said Terra's property. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it said five seven five. That was like because like again like you know how it is in on a street. You have different housing types, and there's like small housing stock. It's like small and pokey, like like terraced housing, and this is kind of larger, um, really big rooms and that kind of stuff. Although I feel a bit bad because decoratively, it's okay. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. But it's still because this was 2016, and at the time it was still like the Magnolia palette was still kind of what we were going for as a neutral canvas. And it's still like that. It's not been, you know, I've, I've topped it up with paint, but the letting agents have like literally just stuck with the same paint as far as I know, because I've not seen it in years. And the carpet is still like, you know, sort of like beige. So I'm like, oh, um, I don't know. So I might use it as an opportunity just maybe to do a bit of a paint job because I just feel like you can't really justify can we justify magnolia walls now I don't know well I think I'd like to let sometimes the people prefer that so that they can if they're intending to stay for a period of time then they can put their own stamp on it and yeah, make but it wouldn't you do that on a white wall now like for me that's a magnolia as, as a blank canvas is dated as a blank canvas now I'd go white yeah yeah <laughs> So I'm sort of, but she's like the, the letting agent. She's all like fellow Joe. Shout out to Joe. She's like, oh yeah, no, sure, we'll just market it at you know five seven five and see how we go. And I'm like, okay, sure. So I'm surprised it wasn't a bit more. Um, yeah, I was going to guess uh, guess five seven five, but I was trying to work out whether you could breach whether you'd have breached six hundred mark in that yeah. time frame. And I thought you probably would have done if I'm honest. That's I, why I was thinking the five, the five nine five would get you within that bracket of people and could push it over the six hundred. <laughs> to be fair, two things came into my head. Number one, decoratively, it's not what I would call current. So yeah. you know, it's in it's in good decorative order, but it's yeah. not modern. Um, so and why are you painting it then? If you if you if you put the rent up, if up, I paint it, I'll put the rent it? up. I'll put the rent. But you've, you've already relet it at five seven five. No, 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 no. You can change that. That's just a that's just an adjustment, isn't it? Sort of thing. But if um, well, I mean, do you actually haven't got a new tenant? Oh no! I mean, I got the email this morning, babe. Chill out. Oh, like I've, yeah. I've literally like, do you know what I mean? Like she ain't moved out yet. I can't move anyone in until she's gone. Like I've, she just gave I notice. I think you'd be surprised. Um, yeah, I'd be whacking up 65. See what happens. 65. Well, to be fair, though, oh, my cat's just come in and meowing. Shush, I'm recording a podcast. This is not the time, Rafferty. He's obviously got something to contribute on tenant stories. Actually, talking of tenants, this is the lariest tenant I've got in my house. This vocal ginger monstrosity down here. Um, yeah, living rent-free, this one. Uh, right, so where was I? Yeah, so I don't know. I, I In my head... Without the paint job, it's five seven five. Stop laughing. It's five seven five. 
<laughs> that has to be the funniest thing you've ever said on the podcast. What did I say? This just... furry ginger monstrosity is a loud mouth down there. He's so annoying. He's so annoying. He just comes Stop in. talking about your pussies. <laughs> God knows where the other one is. I've got two. So, yeah. Double oh. Hello. Yeah. We, we, we all hear you. We all know you're here. But, you know, mummy's doing stuff. Like, she can't, she can't deal with your shouting at the moment. Right. Anyway, back to it. So, yeah. So, I'm going to keep it at 575 as is. <clears throat> and then I'm going to, sorry. And then I will up horrible? it to around 600 if I paint it. 625, I feel, is a little bit out of the market. There's nothing going 625 on that. Is there, is, there, is there much on the market? Not really. So therefore, the, therefore, there's nothing to, for you to say that well, this, is, this is what we found when we relet stuff earlier in the year was that there was absolutely nothing on the market. So let's try high and see if we get any responses. If, if it's too high, no one will reply to it. Whereas actually yeah. we got higher than we thought because someone offered more than what we thought was too high. Yeah. So, uh, and also we do the affordability checks to make sure that it's not stupidly out of their price range. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd be surprised. Mm. Mm. Also, mm. Have, you, have you refinanced the house recently? Uh, it's due a refinance, to be fair. So actually painting it wouldn't be such a bad idea. Yeah, not a bad shot. Oh, okay, so now I'm having a little thinky, thinky, thinky. All right. Okay, here's a decision. So this is where the podcast is very useful because we're talking about the human side of property, soundboarding okay. ideas with fellow investors. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a little tinkly-winkly lick of white paint um carpet's fine to be fair um and then yeah see, see how you go yeah yeah we go because that really is all it is i just think the magnolia dates it that's all yeah but you know when you buy something i've not actually looked at this thing in years i don't even know what it looks like on the inside they do inspections and just tell me everything's all right and i'll take their word for it i mean I i'm not one of those landlords that's all like show me every picture i want to see every scratch on the wall i don't care like i just She's been there for so long and she's treated it with respect. So, yeah. 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 Oh, I hope I don't get a wanker move in. Oh, God, that'd be fine. That'd be absolutely fine. Um, so that's my that's my only tenant story. I've got loads of other tenant stories, but they're not mine. But I want to hear about yours, Niall, because you've got drama. You've got drama at the moment, right? Well, this is kind of both your, both your drama because you, you equally own these uh, these particular yes. properties in question. So what's the, what's the sitch? So, yes, yeah, so we do have a bit of drama just from one person. As Matt said at the beginning, it, this is the minority. This isn't like uh, the standard. But uh, some of our, one of our uh, earlier HMOs, um, we've been renting them out, renting this one particular property out to um, tenants that have been brought to us by the council. Um, so people that were on the brink of becoming homeless, we were able to get them off the streets, find them a home um, for a period of time. Um, and... Universal Credit has been paying their rent. Now, getting from that point, getting from point A, getting them moved in to getting Universal Credit set up was quite a lengthy, complicated process for a lot of them because they don't have access to technology. They don't have, they didn't have laptops and stuff to be able to submit applications. Um, but that bit aside, uh, we've decided that we're going to change strategy slightly with the property and we're going to rent it directly to a charity. Um, and the charity then will take over ownership management of the property for a period of time. It's not a charity. I'm such a party pooper. I thought you told me it was a charity. 
It's not a charity, no. I feel like you need to communicate more in your business. So what 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 is it? It's it's uh, just rent standard rent to rent. So um, it, someone. I thought there was a I thought there was a charity involved somewhere here. So in this particular instance, the it's not a charity that's involved. It's um, I think it's basically rent to SA. They're doing service accommodation on it, so they're doing they've got money to Friday workers coming in. Oh. In, in into the area um and they the company that we're working with also also do work with uh refugees and asylum seekers um but in this particular postcode there wasn't a need for that so um they they work with a different provider who's going to be providing them with um workers monday to friday um oh. yes so, I, I was i was aware of i was aware of the uh refugee but i wasn't aware of the monday to friday workers that was news to me i suppose in the last conversation um but to be fair i didn't really ask the question but when they said well this is how much we'll pay you every month i was like well okay then because <laughs> you know, they have to deal with the, the hassle that's in the house right now um and i think it comes back to trying to uh you know when you've got your portfolio you, you build it up over many years and um, um, amongst that portfolio there will be these little problems that bubble away Mm. and you're like well that's just really annoying because you know, it wasn't the best thing i ever did it wasn't the best property I ever bought and i didn't spend as much on the refurb as maybe i should have done and and you know i learned a lot of lessons on that property mm. um, and um sometimes you just need to set it and forget it or, or even sometimes just sell it but we, we're kind of anti-selling stuff uh, if we can avoid it so we just think how can we make that property perform as well as we can so we don't have to think about it for a good five ten years and that's where we got to with a few properties and uh, you know through partnerships with a few different organizations and companies and colleagues um, we've been able to sort out a few of these issues by that kind of guaranteed rental kind of leasing so um, and this is a new organization that we're working with who um who are actually doing a, a really good um a really good rate because they've mm. got some really good contracts um, from what i can tell so um and um they operate across the uk so we're able to basically just say um you know will you take something in this postcode you know, what postcode is it and um, they'll go yep yeah, we want this type of thing and then um yeah so it's, it's it's good but hang on a minute so can i just clarify so the people that are going into the houses are going to be people who work for this particular organization i'm so confused no so um so we own the property they're yeah. going to pay us a fixed rate every month and then they are they will have that they will find people to go into the property um on basically contractors i believe or nine to five workers so that they they must have uh arrangements with um management, not management um, with agencies um commercial agencies that place people in accommodation when they're working around the country Oh, so, so it's not it's not as sort of it's not as much as a social kind of cause as who you've currently got in the property. That's a really terrible way to phrase it. But you know what I'm saying? It's not it's not housing such vulnerable people. No, 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 not not in not in this particular property, because when when we asked them about what they wanted it for, they said that they didn't. Well, they, they there was no need for the asylum seekers and refugees in this postcode and they're very particular about where the where, where they go so um, we've got other properties that we've sent them the postcodes of and said will will this postcode work and they said no 
Interesting. Or they've said this town won't work because there's no framework for it in this town, or the council haven't agreed to have asylum seekers, or you know, there's there's something. It's another reason why. Um, so, so there are some towns that we know really well where we would love to be able to know that if we buy this type of property, we've got guaranteed rent because actually we could probably go and buy some more. Um, because uh, but they didn't, they wouldn't take them in that particular postcode. So we've been working with them to work out where in the country they would be able to find properties. Hmm. Okay, makes sense. Cool. So that's so these are two properties side by side, aren't they? They're your your twins. Yeah. So that's quite tasty. Okay, got it. I'm with you now. So but okay, so going back to the existing tenants that you've got in those two houses at the moment, it sounds like one of them's got some stuff going on he's, yeah. he's got some stuff going on i think there's a bit of conflict between uh, these two properties if you like or at least two individuals one on each property um one of them the guy who is uh the one in question at the minute the um, question sounds like he has suspects people have been well <laughs> wait till finish. well yeah, so we discovered to <laughs> carry on yeah he um Neighbours have been complaining that he's had a dog at the house for a period of time, and the dog is barking all through the night, causing oh. disturbance and problems. And given this is this is a HMO, so there were no dogs um, communicated to us, or they were not in the contract that they had any pets. And generally, although we don't object to having pets in our rentals, in a shared house, it's mm. slightly different. There are yeah. so many influencing factors and people to take into account. Yeah. However, um, so we approached him and made him aware that the dog was not supposed to be at the property. Um, definitely not without our say-so first. Um, and that, um, you know, he had to get rid of it, basically. He wasn't allowed to keep it. So it turns out that the dog belonged to his son and he was dog-sitting. Well, this is what he said. He was oh, dog-sitting for a period a, of time. That's such a lie, isn't it? Then he, um, we had, then we had more complaints come through about parties and loud music and disturbance throughout the night again he seems to be a night owl this guy everything happens at night which is kept the dog people... is it the dog partying or is it him it's him the dog had gone at this point <laughs> uh, so again next door working during the day being kept up at night because of loud parties and noise and anytime we approached him it's like oh no no i don't i don't have any parties i don't play loud music blah 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 maybe he doesn't so, remember having them probably not to be honest um then we got videos, video evidence sent through to us of said loud parties uh, coming from his bedroom uh, because he lives on the ground floor. He's got patio doors out onto the uh, back garden. So it was evident where the noise was coming from uh, when the video came through. So then we had the evidence to go back to him and say, listen, you're taking the piss here. Um, you are partying. You are making a lot of, or sorry, creating a lot of disturbance for the house next door. Um, and probably other people on the street as well. So, you, you know, cut it out. Um, but then he, he got really pissed off um, and he's complained, complaining about next door are violating his rights. They're recording his every move and he's becoming quite aggressive. He's like, I'm going to sort them out. I'm, you can't, I'm not going to be held responsible for what I do next, all this type of thing. <laughs> so he sent me a voice message over the weekend because obviously now he's being evicted. Um, not because uh, of the partying, but because he's so far behind in his rent. He's lost his universal credit rights because he's been working on the side and somebody's reported him. Oh my God. So this guy's on a, on a, on a slippery slope. He's on a downward spiral. Um, and he's taken everybody with him. 
So he, the, the other guy that was living in the house, the people that were living in the house have moved out because it didn't feel safe with him there, having his parties, bringing his girlfriend around, bringing his friend around, having the dog there. Um, it just made it uncomfortable for the other people. So they've all disappeared, which we only found out about. They've been moved out about a month ago, but didn't tell us. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, because he had sent through several threatening voice messages and um, text messages, I thought I would just contact the local police just to see what I should do in this situation, because I have to go and do a, well, I was going to go and do an inspection, um, but I didn't really want to not knowing what he was going to be like when I turned up or how we, how it was going to be received. So I contacted the police and it turns out he's actually very well known to them. Um, as soon as I give the surname, he, the police officer was like, I think I know what you're going to say for the first name before you say it. <laughs> they were able to tell me the address of where he lived before I told them. Um, and the fact that he has been on their radar quite a bit. Um, so they are going, they're opening an investigation into the allegations, um, the, the threats, if you like, because, you know, he, he may, it could be just something that he said, but I think because of his history, um, mm. they're, they're not taking it lightly. Um, so, yes, yeah, so later this week, I will be speaking to the police to see um, what they're going to do, what they can do next. Um, but either way, we're going through an eviction process anyway. Um, he's three or four months behind in rent. Um, so it's quite a quick, well, not a quick, <laughs> it is a quicker route to get to court when someone is uh, so far behind in the rent, um, as opposed to going through a section 21, which takes at least two months before yeah. you get to the court. Section, so it's a section eight, you said. Section eight, yeah. yeah, section eight. So, um, yeah, either way, he's going to be leaving the property. Um, warned next door, just stay away. Like, don't don't get involved if you, if you see him or hear him, just let him do his thing. Um, just keep out of his way and let the police deal with their they with it so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens next <laughs> the next door will be moving out anyway because um both houses are going to the uh to this yeah. company i am slightly concerned as to what condition the house is going to be in when he's so angry and so pissed off um well mm. let's see and you know there's nothing we can do about it anyway right now he's in the house we have to get him out either way um so a best case scenario would be the police give a a restraining order or a barring order to keep him away from the person next door um or away from our house but we'll see oh my god so hang on how many people shared the house with him like how many people were in that house there were four people in that house oh my god can you imagine those four people and how have they been like what's their... well don't don't get too sympathetic for them oh the... this is so good one of them one of them was actually fairly decent guy but he, had, he was he's, he was the person that moved out uh most recently uh -huh. um he was very paranoid about everything that was happening he had cameras up everywhere recording everything in his bedroom um cameras he was on the ground floor facing the front of the house so he had cameras on his windowsill facing the front door so he could see who was coming and going oh my god um one of the other guys uh who was actually the most consistent in paying his rent um went to prison just before Christmas. Oh, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he the reliable guy went to prison. The reliable right. one, the trustworthy one went to prison. It's so great. It's so great. And then the other one just fell, disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, no idea where he's gone, but the other housemates assume that he went to prison as well, but we just can't confirm it. What are these people doing? <laughs> well, this is, this is where I think um, 
I think that the council were wrong in a sense to send these people to us. These people, obviously, there's four people that are off the off the homeless register, if you like, in that town. Um, the council can wipe their hands off them. The council paid the first month's rent and paid a bond for them, and then that was it. But these guys obviously need help and support, and putting them into private rented accommodation is fine. But they need somebody else, someone at the council or a case officer, um, or someone that can help them set up their rent. Um, with universal credit that can help them get themselves back on their feet again because these people were like I said earlier on the either homeless or on the brink of being homeless so you don't just go from that to living in a in, in a rented property on your own and not be expected to just live a normal life without any help or support or guidance um, so I think had we it's a big learning curve for us um, and had we known that it was going to be such a a difficult process to go through. I don't think we would have done. Our our thought process behind it was to help people that were on the brink of uh, homelessness or were homeless, um, which we did. We put four people in the house, which is great. But now all four people are back on the streets again because yeah. there was no ongoing support for them. Well, two of them are actually just. I was going to say that they've somewhere. got. Yeah, they've, they've, they've got um, four walls and three meals a day. But when they when they, when they're released from prison, they don't have a home to go to, so yeah, they will be on the streets. Really. Yeah. And the thing is, I think this is the biggest criticism of universal credit when it came out is just that, de you know, devolving that responsibility for your finances to people who have never had to before is really challenging for both parts, both ends of the spectrum, because you've got the recipient of the rent, but you've also got them as, as tenants. And, mm. you know, it's like you're asking someone to run when they haven't really learned to walk and it's just, it's too much. It's really, it's really not cool. Um, yeah. Although you should yeah. ask my daughter that she's running before she can walk properly. Yeah, I bet she, I bet she <laughs> face, face planting every other, you know, every couple uh, of meters still. So cute. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit disappointed that the, the strategy didn't work. A little bit disappointed that, um, you know, we, 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 we needed more support and assistance that we didn't get. But massive learning curve for us. Um, anyone that's thinking about doing a similar strategy, um, just be forewarned before you jump into it. Um, that it's it's yeah that they need more help uh, than just a regular HMO management does. So, because obviously you use the same strategy for both houses that you bought next to one another. Oh, so the other the house next door is just private. Rent. Yeah, so we we were just oh, doing this. We did we did this as a trial. Yeah. Uh, use this house as like the guinea pig to see if it would work. I see. Okay. And the one next door are private professional tenants. Yeah. Oh, I bet they just love, love, love what goes on next door with the parties and the raving and the dogs and that. Oh man. It was all it was all fine for quite a long time. Um, with as in the sense that there were no parties or no complaints about anything going on. It's only over the past two to three months where something in this guy's life has changed that's resulted in him losing his job having more parties and so i think he's just on a downward spiral mm. um and he's becoming much more aggressive so there's obviously something else going on which again he should have support for he needs help he's crying out for help mm. but you know we're not in a position to do anything we've been in contact with the police we've been in contact with the council we've tried to get speak to universal credit but you know we're not his next of kin so we have no authority to speak in his behalf he has to literally go and find it for himself. Yeah, definitely. This is a game where it just, I mean, my, I suppose my relationship with my market is slightly different. I sometimes feel like the parent 
you know like you feel like the parent because they're, they're young kids effectively living in a house playing grown up for the first time away from home so you have all those sort of living dynamics come up this is sort of slightly different you you know you you half of you wants to almost take on like an intervention or like it's like a counselor role because you you're yeah, seeing, you're seeing beyond but you can't that's not your job your job is to provide accommodation and you know that's kind of where the jurisdiction ends otherwise you start getting emotionally involved and it's just that's not that's not cool it's almost as if the, if the council could you know take the property on and they almost did a rent to rent and their council kind of guaranteed the rent they paid the landlord the rent and they sorted out getting the money from themselves essentially or from the government yeah mm-hmm. um which is what they're a lot more set up to be able to do well i, see, I assume that's the case um, i don't think i don't think they are to be honest because the council didn't have a clue how universal credit worked what each individual was entitled to how they would apply for it they had no clue so we oh, had to okay. learn we had to figure that out by ourselves which is Stop. again we didn't we didn't know any of this until it was too far down the line. I suppose um, this is what this is what supported living is. It is supported living, exactly. Yes. Um, and the council don't do it, but in reality, should the council? We're getting quite politics now, but should the councils be responsible for getting these people back on their feet? I don't know. I guess uh, in my in my view, I think they they do have a responsibility. To what extent that goes to, I'm not sure. But I think they had they had a responsibility to inform us of. The, what these people were like um, and what issues, what baggage they were carrying when they came to the property. Because mm. if some if someone has had a history of violence, as an example, um, putting them in a shared house with someone who is vulnerable um, and suffers from paranoia, then you don't mix these two people together. It's just a, a recipe for disaster. I don't think the council are qualified to handle this, actually. I, I, I think okay. it's asking effectively you know social implementers to provide social you know support and I, I think they're quite different things aren't they so I think in terms of the infrastructure like the payments and the actual buildings sure and however that is constructed um you know with private arrangements with landlords sure no problem I think they step in there in the flow of money but then I think the rest of it has to be outsourced to you know care providers and actually supported living specialists who understand the nature of these individuals and their their, their health um otherwise i mean jesus if they can't even understand the universal credit how they're going to understand tenant dynamics you know and and mental health concerns and like what's appropriate what's not it's, no it's just never going to happen you know yeah yeah so um i suppose um, we should come back to our theme for today, which is tenant stories. Yeah. Any, any, uh, anything else come spring to mind? Yeah. So I was, I was having a conversation with a friend. I won't name him. <laughs> but he, um, it was just like, a, oh, hey, how's stuff going in your, you know, portfolio? And literally, it just brain dumps, just trauma <laughs> onto onto like into the conversation so similar situation in fact it's an HMO um to the west country and um it's all the tenants within it are they're they're, they're people on benefits right and so uh with that has come a whole host of problems um 
but it, the problem also is it, it's mixed tenancies as well. So he's inherited these tenants because he bought them. Uh, he bought the HMO with these tenants already in them. And his plan was to do it room by room as, you know, eventually, you know, the turnover of tenants happens and people move out. But of the six tenants in there, four of them problematic. And one of them is a working doctor, he's a GP. And he moved his wife in without telling uh, anybody. And of course, all the other tenants have kicked off because apparently she's a nightmare. Like she's just very emotional, very loud. They row. It's just the whole house has been disrupted. So yeah, he's had phone calls and, you know, cause he manages this himself. Why? I don't know, but he, but he does. Um, and so he's been trying to resolve that. The police have been called. She's claimed that they're being racist in the house. So it, honestly, it's just, it's all kicked off. But of course that's breaching licensing terms because now she's an extra body in the house. So that's caused problems from a, you know, a, a, a compliance perspective. Then there's another one um, who uh, has got a, a, a drug problem. I can't remember which drug of choice he has, but it's it's caused all sorts of problems. Similar to your guy, parties all night, you know, odds and sods coming and staying in the house and just smoking everywhere, just an absolute mess. It's just a 24-7 rave up. And of course, that's caused the GP to kick off because he's not getting any sleep. His wife is playing victim and all of that. So it's just, that's all just kicked off as well. But then he is, um, he's got major mental health problems. He has paranoia and anxiety. And so they're trying to get support for him his mum's got involved saying you know um because he's not paying rent either at the moment so there's that issue and so they've gone to the mum to sort of say you know can you help him out and she's just like I don't know why you're saying this about my son he's as good as gold you know and it's like whoa so then she's kicked off they've called the police over his behavior as well and she's they had a massive thing with her kicking off outside the property because she tries to jump in and just say everyone was against her son and everyone's you know being horrible to him and it's bullying it's a bullying culture yet she won't take him back in her own house like right mm -hmm. there's that and then uh there's another one I can't remember the problems with him um but there is definitely a problem with him oh and then there's the, the crackhead who in my mate's words is good as gold <laughs> keeps himself to himself keeps himself to himself does his crack He's grand. He's fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> Crackhead is as good as gold. And I'm like, oh my God. So effectively what's happened is of the six, I think three, so there's two evictions going on and, you know, then there's just, you know, like the rest of them to get rid of. I think there were two voids in the house anyway. So it's these four problematic tenants. So really the risk is he's left with one, but the problem is the one that's um, where the mum's getting involved. Um, he's only just moved in. So, you know, we're not at section eight stage just yet, but we're, we're, we're heading that way. So I was just like, let it get to section eight stage where he's actually just not paid, you know, for a couple of months and then serve. Um, yeah. But, it's, but surely this is a silver lining because if you've got this many problem tenants that you've inherited under one roof and slowly but surely you're just weaning them out, you can do the full refurb in one hit as opposed to doing it room by room. You can just literally go in, do the whole lot, refinance out. And I was like, that's probably... A better yeah, way to, to do it yeah to be honest because if he was aiming to do one room at a time i would have said that was a really bad idea from the get-go can you imagine because like, you're, you're then trying to put in um 
a new tenant into a nice new room, but it's only one room out of the others, and probably the communal spaces aren't as nice yet. No. Nice. So, so you, you you never you can never get the rent that you want because you're always compromising it. So the only way you can uncompromise it is to get everyone out in one go, refurbish the whole thing, and have 100% control over who then moves back in, and then you've got control over the rent. Um, and then you probably have less, you have fewer issues, I would have thought. Yeah. Still, still potentially have some issues, but you're more likely to attract a, a better tenant um, when that entire house is has been redone. Obviously, I don't know where the property is and what the demographics are and what he's looking for. But um, if you want you know, good professional tenants, then uh, like the doctor seems like I would have thought would be a good uh, option but he's not the but he's not the first doctor that i've heard of of being issues well there's your weird guy do you remember who folded his pants outside the outside the yeah room? we've had history of of doctors being um quite troublesome tenants because i don't know they're they're obviously very intelligent people um but maybe social skills might not necessarily be on point and i guess you've got cultural differences as well if you've got people coming in from uh from from abroad living here um which you know happens so i think there can be a lot of various uh, uh, variables to take into account but yeah we've had a few a few problematic doctors in the past who just get naked as they walk in the door um <laughs> just love that so much can you imagine being an hmo <laughs> your housemate just comes in oh i'm not in. sure which culture that's acceptable in but <laughs> if any well, i remember <laughs> as a I remember as a kid, you know, you'd walk in with your school uniform on and you'd start to take your jacket off, throw it somewhere, your tie off, throw it somewhere else, shear over there, shear over there. Seems like he feels very at home. He's never never passed that primary school stage where you just... (laughs) Surely you learn learn how not to do that by the time you're 12 years old, right? Well, the first thing most girls want to do is when they get through the door is just take off their bra. I mean, it's it's such an instinctive thing to do. You just literally want to whack it off and let the girls be free. Can you imagine in a house shed just letting the lils fly out as soon as you get through the door and just be like hi hi housemates how's it going don't mind me my topless self just strolling through the corridor back to my room no chance no yeah i think that this this guy who 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 was getting undressed as he walked in the door um just he seemed to just like to have a trail of stuff because he lived he, he had taken the basement room and all along the stairs from the door of entering the basement right down to his bedroom door just had stuff littered all along it um he just liked to create a trail wherever he went it's really maybe just to make sure that he could um find his way out yeah like breadcrumbs maybe (laughs) where's the front door yeah i mean it it was a mid-terrace house it wouldn't be that difficult to get out but you know you never know like you say i mean they might be super intelligent on the medical side but no common sense when it comes to apologies to uh, our many doctor listeners Mm. who are listening to property to jam um but you probably know what we're talking about they do it's really funny actually I was talking to um uh, a doctor and I was saying that uh, this came up in conversation with a doctor It's it's a student and um we were saying that they're often problematic HMO tenants for, for, for varying reasons, like Niall said. And he was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like you, you ain't got to explain it. Because apparently when they're in medical school, yeah. it, it's like a thing. Like they're just absolutely dreadful. Okay, I think it's because they're so, I think it's the messiness because they're so busy at work and they're so tired when mm. they come home. All they want to do is literally throw off their clothes yeah. and um, eat 
uh, eat takeaway or fast food and they don't tidy it away and then they go to bed and you know, everything's a mess and they get up and they go out they go out they don't have time to tidy up the next day yeah in exactly. their minds they're they're ordered you know somewhere else i think it's the same with every anybody really yeah you know, um if someone is messy or disorganized that's only because they're messy or disorganized in the way that you perceive organization mm-hmm. they'll be highly extremely organized in a, a different way to you that doesn't yeah. isn't as important to you whereas you know I, i'm not necessarily a nice organized and tidy person at home but you know i, I yeah confessions I had to share an office with them my god <laughs> and it was a really small office do you remember like there wasn't much space to be messy it was it was the, like the broom cupboard yeah like yeah. yeah i'm listening to actually um um uh, uh, speak now i'm actually listening to the values factor again um, mm. yes and it's quite uh relevant actually in this because it's obviously being uh, having a tidy bedroom uh, is not necessarily high on their priorities of, mm. of a medical student. Their their priorities are elsewhere. So it makes it makes sense when you think about it. A hundred percent. I can relate to that just from you know living with with people. You know when I've been in shared accommodation, I had Nature Mo and Glamorsmith, as you all know, and there was three of us in there. And I, if I'm sharing a, a house with people, I've it's got to be tidy. Like you just mm. you just bare minimum. It's got to be clean. It's got to be tidy. Otherwise, my brain can't function. I li- I literally just can't exist. Mm-hmm. Whereas to them. They, their perception of it, their, their values were different. They were busy, they were teachers, they were, you know, nine to fivers. It was just really hard. It was really hard. And that's where we clashed, you know. And so my ex-partner, same thing, like, you know, cleaning the kitchen, well, not the kitchen, the bathroom, you know, just not a priority. Whereas to me, you know, massive priority and you would clash on mm. those subjects. So Which is why is. you get a cleaner. So, well, my cleaner came today. Oh my God, can I tell you? I'm actually, we're recording in my kitchen right now. Um, and oh my Lord, it smells divine. Everything's shining. I, I'm so happy. That's why I'm in such a good mood because my house is just spotless. Well, we've, we've recently taken, got a new cleaner come in and um, I'm not happy. <gasps> She's just not doing it to the level that I think it should be done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you know what though? You've got to have those frank conversations. It's really important. Um, do you do you provide a list of absolutely everything that needs to be done? No. Because if you were to clean, what is it that you would do when you clean? So if you if you were to say, like, this is how I would clean, I want it done like this, then then there's no argument. Because if you just say clean my house, then she she or he will do it to the uh, how they would normally clean the house. And um, you'd think yeah. that all cleaners are you know are sensible. But, you know, I had a cleaner start with we were just trialing her and it was a definite no go because I, I left out like subtle tests for her. Oh, my God, you sicko. <laughs> and she failed most of them. Really? Yeah. Like what? Like what? What's the test? Like give me- um, like moving, moving um, like cups. So I left out a couple of like you like dirty, dirty mugs in certain places to oh. see what she would do with them. Um, and you know, two or three mugs, I would expect a cleaner to just take them to the kitchen, yeah. clean them, and, yeah. they're, and, and, and they're done yeah. when they clean, clean the sink, etc. etc. But no, it's like no. Um, and um, yeah, just the, the kitchen work surface, you know, just left like, yeah, you know, just left, left it. Oh, mm. okay. well, she, our cleaner does, she does clean everything that we've asked her to clean, but I think it's how clean it is when she's left is up for question. So she's she's doing it, but not doing it very thoroughly. 
So it's like what? Like things aren't sort of shining? Like what? Yeah, because when like when you walk into the bathroom after she's cleaned it, you can tell it's being cleaned, but it's just like mm, I would have done this better myself or done but a deeper didn't. clean. But you didn't. But you I paid didn't. someone else to do it. And this is this is the thing that I find. I'm a complete like neat freak when someone else is cleaning. I was like, well, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You know, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to cleaning, um, but I won't do it myself. I just don't have the time. But when I do, well, you know, I have two levels of cleaning. It's when I can be bothered when I can't be bothered. When I can't be bothered, it's literally surface um, just to keep other people in the house happy. Um, and then when I am fussed, I actually I do get properly into it. I'm just like, yeah. make sure it has to, has to be clean, clean. And if I'm paying someone to do it, it has to be the proper way of cleaning it. Because I'm just like, what's the point of paying a cleaner if they're not going to do it? That's properly? my argument as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Otherwise, I go with that. Yeah, it's yeah because it's like a it's the difference between a surface clean and a deep clean, isn't it? If you're paying somebody to be in your house for two hours, effectively it's deep clean, isn't it? You know they're really they're really going for it. So yeah, yeah, and it's uh, I think we were spoiled because the previous cleaner we had was an absolute legend, um, and she she would literally the you could like you said Joe you knew that the place was clean and fresh after she had finished. Yeah, the, and that, I think that's what I was expecting with this new one and. Um, haven't had it yet so I think well she's only been in two or three times so we're going to trial another couple to see if we can get the right person yeah you, you do I've, I went through about four four cleaners before I found before I found the one um shout out Sylvia legend but uh she, I, does she cover southeast London <laughs> oh I just find where she she lives in uh near me actually so she's up the road in Mitcham so probably probably not, probably not. Yeah. Um, too far to travel Probably too far to travel. Although her husband's a pilot, so maybe she could fly to you. I can just drop, drop, drop her off. Um, but yeah, no, it's really fun. She's she's cool. She's Brazilian, and um, she's one of those people that you just end up having like really interesting conversations with while she's doing the house. And I always get like, I always get professional guilt while I'm sat there because I'm all like, I'm actually in the house and you're cleaning. It's like technically I could be doing this myself. But again, it's it's that whole you, you're choosing, you know, not to do it because your time needs to be elsewhere. But uh, yeah, no, she's really cool. My only gripe, right, is one thing she's really bad at is she won't put things back where she found them. So what she'll do is she'll kind of like, so for example, I've got, um, you know, my hand soap dispenser, I've got like a matching set hand soap dispenser, toothbrush holder and toothpaste, sort of like a spare cup where I put my toothpaste in. And she never puts them back where they're supposed to be. Or sometimes she forgets to put the shampoo and conditioner back. She puts them back, she puts them back in a funny order. That I can live with because the rest of the cleaning is so excellent. But also my other thing, and this is so weird and it's so like not climate friendly is she doesn't use bleach because she's got, you know, she's very aware of, you know, chemicals and she's very chemically sort of, you know, she's, she's a green girl. And I love bleach. Like I love it. Like I, I swear I could snort the stuff or drink it or shot it. Cause I just love it so much. Please don't um, do either of those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I used to live in Spain and in Spain, they are obsessed with bleach because all the little ladies, they used to like, they come out and they would always mop their little section of their shop right out into the pavement they would mop in front of the shop so in the morning walking to uni all I could smell was bleach and I used to we used to bleach our flat because it was marble floors that smell I don't know what it is is the same when you walk into a spa or when you walk into like it's clean and I I you can't just see clean I can smell clean and I love I hope you smell clean 
I definitely smell clean. I don't bleach myself, mind you, but yes, I do smell clean. But I do love the smell of bleach, but you don't use it. So sometimes... Shall we bring this back around to property? Yeah, well, we are kind of in property. It's just maintenance of property, just our own. I was was thinking about good quality cleaners and and, uh, tenants. We bring this back around to tenant stories and Mm. how often, um, yeah, like cleaning of communal spaces definitely did we do you know you know you probably always send a clean around in between tenancies oh without a doubt deep clean done like yeah even more so now it's giving them a little bit extra time since the whole covid thing they tend to spend a bit extra on the deep clean and maybe do carpets as well every time and and things like that don't i've just had to replace bloody carpets in one of my hmos so annoying you forget how much foot traffic goes through and i really thought i'd bought hard wearing stuff but yeah they do the tenants are gross students are gross they do gross things so yeah yes it is we know and anyone wants to hear what those gross things are please do go revisit tenant stories episode number um episode one or what what episode is it's your tenant stories episode 17 or something episode two tenant stories it was one episode of our, two. yeah episode two one of our earliest ones so yeah um because okay. i had loads when we started it was all just oh my god and they just got juicier they yeah. just got juicier they were quite juicy and less less of what we talked about today but yeah mm. so um um yeah i think we should probably wrap it up there i feel like we've been talking for a very long time i feel like yeah. we've been talking a very long time is it a, is a longer episode than normal is it or is yeah. it just uh, no it's actually quite quite normal about 45 minutes yeah. okay yeah we just got deep didn't we got deep babe got deep hopefully there was some value in this for somebody there's loads of value <laughs> loads loads human side of property never know where yeah, definitely the human it. side of property the human side of uh niles property niles cleaning habits yeah, I like yeah. clean. I like clean. So do I. I always feel your house is always clean. I love walking into your bathroom because it's always just so spick and span. And in Nile's bathroom, sorry, just going off on one. You've got like it, you've got like loads of different fragrances, almost on like a display cabinet. Like they're almost mm. downlit. And I always have a little squirt, like I'm sort of in some hotel bathroom or something. I'm all like, yeah, zhuzh, zhuzh, zhuzh. I come out <laughs> smelling of Hugo Boss, and like you know, it's always a clean experience. I love it. And everything's digital in your house, the bin, the soap dispenser, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clean, clean, boys, clean. Clean, and you don't have to touch a thing. You don't yeah. have to touch a thing. Well, so it never gets dirty in the first place. Exactly. Great. <laughs> it's genius. Absolutely genius. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up there and say a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a digital goodbye from me. <laughs> jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see you on the next episode so there we have it guys i really hope you enjoyed listening to this week's episode of property jam uh, like I said earlier, really love to hear your stories uh, about your tenants and any experiences that you've had, whether that be personally or through the management agents that you're working with. And um, we always want to hear some good, funny stories, especially from our property jammers. So send them through to us and we'll see you back here next week with another episode of Property Jam.